0: Hallelujah! Thank you very much, musicians. Those on the platform, privilege to be able to stand here and preach and uh, be a part of all the God's doing. Hallelujah! In Helensvale and in our uh, city of Gold Coast. Uh, if you brought your Bibles, let's turn to the Book of Luke, chapter fifteen. Book of Luke, chapter fifteen. We're going to be reading the parable of the lost son, which is starting at verse 17. We're going to read the parable of the lost son halfway through uh, Luke 15, starting at verse 17. It was in uh, December 2009 that uh, Australia was shocked when the announcement went out that Jared Hayne will be quitting uh, the NRL sport here in Australia and traveling to America to play NFL with the San Francisco 49ers he was a young man who was at the peak of his career and uh, no doubt was excelling had won uh, many uh, uh, things that were uh, you know had had already achieved so much in his uh, Uh, career as a rugby league player and trading all that in for a dream that he once had. Many thought he was absolutely insane doing that. It was in 1993 that the whole world was shocked when Michael Jordan made the announcement that he was changing from basketball to baseball. Here again was a man that ultimately had changed the direction of basketball and was trading all of that in to be able to again fulfill a dream that he had to play baseball. You know, many many people thought, why would you do that? Why would you go from an arena that knows you that recognizes you as famous, as a a one-of-a-kind into an arena that you become a nobody. In fact, you become worse than everybody else there. I can't help but think about this passage of Scripture we're about to read where Jesus is using the parable of the prodigal son, which highlights the lengths that our Father in heaven was willing to go to in order... To redeem His people. He left His home in heaven to be able to redeem us from our own sin. The Father's home. I want to preach you a sermon entitled, The Father's Home. Out of the book of Luke, chapter 15. We're going to be reading together, starting at verse uh, 17 through to 24. The Bible says, But when He had come to Himself, this is the prodigal son, He said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son, uh, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against the heaven Uh, against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, bring out the best robe and put it on him, and put uh, a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf here and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and now is found, and they began to be uh, merry. The father's home. I want to look firstly this evening at the best of the best. Because there's something that is linked to the Father's home and it has to do with having the best of the best. When I get the opportunity to go back home, it always uh, brings joy to my life because I know I'm going to be surrounded by friends, fellowship and food. And so it's those three things that I appreciate. And you know that, you you know, the homes are going to be open to you. Mom's going to be cooking. Uh, Dad's going to have, a uh, you know, a barbecue ready. And we're going to uh, have some fellowship. Uh, also, you know, we go to our, our church, the Beachborough Church, and we have friends there. And, uh, you know, you kind of, uh, when are you coming over, make a night for us. Uh, and so you begin to choose, you know, it's like, what are you going to cook? Uh, what are you going to have? Uh, who's coming? No, not really. But you know what I mean? It's like you, You you, you know, you're given that opportunity and they they smother you, they feed you. uh, Many times you eat until you're ashamed. This is the great joy that comes from going back home. Now the Father's house best represents the best of the best. That in the passage of scripture we have in verse seventeen of our text, that when he came to himself, this is after he had lost everything. This is after he had, uh, you know, uh, he's now in uh, a pig pen eating uh, pig slop, uh, and he says, "How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger?" Now, isn't it interesting? Don't raise your hand if this is what you've done. At how, you know, we order at McDonald's, you know, you have 13 nuggets, two Big Macs, four big large fries, four gallons of Coke, and you'll say after you've eaten all that, really, I, I need to watch what I'm eating. It's never before, is it? It's after you've indulged. It's after that you've gorged out. You go, oh, I've got to change my diet. Revelation came to the prodigal son at that very moment where he had hit the lowest of lower. And the Bible says he realized that even the hired servants were well looked after in the father's home. Why? Because when it comes to the father's house, uh, it, doesn't, it's, you know, it doesn't matter your position, it doesn't matter uh, how long you've been there or what you do, ultimately you are under the roof of the father and every need is taken care of. Now, no, Nothing in this life compares to the father's home. Nothing that this world offers you can ever come close to what the Father in heaven promises each and every one of us. I'm here to declare to you uh, that there have been those uh, who no doubt have experienced the best of the best uh, in uh, according to the world. uh, But the truth is even they left uh, forsook all and followed after what the father had. One of them was Moses. The Bible says that he grew up in Pharaoh's courts uh, and in Hebrews 11, 24 to 25. Uh, but by faith, uh, Moses, when he had come become of age, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the passing pleasures of sin. You can see it there in the writer. He's speaking about a man who traded what most of the world would hunger for, would crave for, I would give anything to be in the Pharaoh's court, to be called a son of Pharaoh. And Moses said, you know what, it's not even close to what my father had. The will of the Father that I could be a part of something that would change the world and was willing to absolutely forsake everything. Be a part of what God had. Nehemiah, the Bible says, was a cup bearer. And he traded that in to be a bricky. Now, I've been a bricklayer before. That's not an upgrade. You're serving the king. You're in probably, you know. Imagine today, you'd be in air conditioning. You'd be surrounded by platters of food and people that you'd be there, and you, you you want to eat something. You're hungry. You're okay, you know. And he would be surrounded by important people. The Brick Lane scene isn't anything like that. There's no one important. In fact, there was a time where you were allowed to take your dog to work. Imagine that. Imagine rocking up to your office job and be like, this is fluffy. Why? Well, because nobody cared back in those days. The Bible says, Nehemiah, verse two, chapter 2, verse 5, said to the king, if it please the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. And here was a man that was given so much opportunity, was given a opportunity of a lifetime in the eyes of the world. But he said, I want to be a part of the father's work. I want to accomplish, I want to build something that actually lasts forever. And here was Nehemiah, here was Moses, that forsook all and followed for what the father had. And there are many more accounts of this reality in other people's lives that all understood that what the Father in heaven has to offer is the best of the best. Can anybody say amen? What the Father has promised for each and every one of us is the best of the best. And anything else, you're always going to be settling for second best. So I want to look secondly this evening at plenty for all. There's an age-old saying that says, you don't know what you have until it's gone. How many ever heard that? My wife, uh, she uh, years ago told me, you know, why don't we go camping? She disclosed to me that this was a family tradition, and I said, you know what? Camping used to be everybody's tradition until we invented houses. (laughs) And now we have some sophistication we stay indoors. Everybody say amen, right? There's one time, you know, I went uh, on the boot camp and we had, to, we had to camp out. There was no way of getting away with that. And so, you know, I try to make an Im- investment into my camping experience. And so I bought a swag. And there's nothing like the experience of sleeping one night in a swag that makes you appreciate the things you have at home. The truth is that we really are spoiled; that we've actually got more than we actually need. Can anybody say Amen? That there are there are times that you know it's like leftovers. Just throw them in the bin. That's not a problem. You buy clothes. You leave. just we'll save that for another you know season of life. Uh, that I'm sure that'll come back in fashion. And this is the reality. This is this is what how we live our lives. We have uh, a lot of things at our disposal. It's amazing at the great life's lessons that we learned, that we learn when we go without. It was years ago when we made a transition to the Gold Coast and moving to a new premises, we had to wait for the connection of our internet. Now, I don't know about you, and I don't know much about the Internet, the way, the way that I see is it, just wires. It's little buttons, it's wires, and someone is there. They just flick a switch, and Internet comes on. This is not a brand new house, it's not a brand- new area. Make it happen. Phone call, get it done. One month. Don't look at me like that. One month without Internet. incredible what you learn about yourself. I mean, I shocked myself the way I was abusing a lady on the phone I had never seen. I was shocked. I'm sitting there, i going, I shouldn't be talking to you like this. Didn't realize it was in me, but it's amazing. And you go without. Now the principle in our text is not only that the Father's house offers the best of the best, but also that there's plenty to go around. That when you are in the Father's house, there is never a time where you are in want. In fact, verse 22, the Bible says in 23, But the Father said to his servants, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. And put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and be merry. Why? Because the Father's home promotes this reality that ultimately you are dressed, you are clothed, you are draped with all sorts of luxuries. This is something that the house of the Father promotes, wants to ultimately make you feel comfortable that you could come in the best attire, you would look your best, you would be presented the best. Even after the, f- the father understood that the son had ruined his life uh, with prodigal living, we even read later on uh, that the other brother becomes jealous of all the attention uh, that the father gave to the prodigal son. Why? Because this is what the father's home provides it is ultimately a house of plenty listen to me this is the blessing of being in the father's home that god would be able to supply all your needs according to his riches that he is able to move supernaturally in your life in areas of sickness in torment that by his stripes we are healed can anybody say amen what a blessing it is to be in the father's home because we understand the principle is that there is plenty for each and every one of us. It's amazing at how the other brother, seeing that the prodigal son was being blessed, becomes offended and uh, begins to speak or have words with the father. And the father's reply is, man, you had everything at your disposal. If you had just asked, it would have been given to you at how someone could live in the house of plenty and yet still go without. I think sometimes we can forget about this principle, that our Father wants us to be blessed or at least experience His hand of provision. It's amazing to me at how some Christians' life hits them hard, they lose their job, they have financial strain, children go off the rails, marriage is on the rocks, and you approach them and, how's life going? I don't want to talk about it. God has blessing, provision, He can guide you, He can protect And it's you know what, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, they miss church. Life's hard. We get it. Our lives are hard as well but why would you remove yourself from the house where the Father is able to provide for you? And yet they stay home. They go without. Or they refuse to ask. Even James chapter 4 verse 3, the Bible says, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss. That word amiss uh, means to ask badly. Maybe you asked in your frustration, God, when are you going to bless me? God, why are you doing this to me? The Bible says you're asking amiss. Your heart is in the wrong place. That you're missing. You're in the house of God. God wants to provide. God can. Surrounded by blessing. Just like this brother. Brother offended by those who are being blessed when in reality there's plenty to go around. Listen to me, you don't have to be threatened by somebody else's blessing. It just proves that God's in this house. It just proves that if God can bless them, He can bless you. Think about the rewards of those who began to ask. The criminal on the cross, the Bible says, he turns to Jesus in his dying hour and says, Lord, remember me. Jesus turning to him in verse uh, uh, 43 of chapter 23, Jesus said unto him, Surely I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. He stamped his ticket and said, You are going where I'm going. At that very moment, there were two criminals. One went to hell, one went to heaven. Why? Because he simply asked, The brother that had the bad attitude ultimately is highlighted as someone who wasn't asking. What's interesting about this text is that even the prodigal son didn't ask. But because it's in the father's heart, he was willing to bless. You know, if you're willing to come with a submitted heart, willing to repent, God's natural response is, how can I help? Isn't it? You never met, I mean, god you never catch God on a bad day, do you? It's like, God, I'm so sorry, I'm a mess. And he goes, yeah, well, you deserve this. You think, oh, my Lord. Isn't it wonderful to be received? I mean, the Bible says that the, the father sees the prodigal son, had compassion on him. That's a wonderful image of our Father in heaven. What's interesting about this text is that he has enough to be able to supply the need of someone who has lost all things. I want to look finally in closing at uh, something to celebrate. Mention that God loves to bless, and nothing reveals the heart of our Father in heaven like this text. Jesus mentions the Father leaving his home in order to embrace and kiss his son. In verse 20 of our text, the Bible says, and he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. What an image it is of how our father was willing to send his son Jesus Christ who was sitting at the right hand of his throne. He was ultimately royalty and demoted himself in order to be on earth with us, willing to make the sacrifice and we get the picture from this passage of scripture that the father leaving his home, running to where his son was, All because when one child comes back home, the heavens rejoice. When you make a decision to serve Jesus Christ, you may go home and tell your parents they go, oh, that's a cult, of ah, you can't believe your brainwashed. They may not be happy, but heaven is. The, world, the, the heavens rejoice when one returns home. And what a privilege it was to be able to see last night, those hands going up, people saying the sinner's prayer. The heavens rejoice. You know, the common misconception about heaven and hell is that hell is going to be having the party while heaven, you know, we're just going to be having cups of tea and, eating scones and playing on harps and singing kumbaya, you know. I'm telling you, in heaven's where the real party's going to be. Can you ever say amen to that? If anybody knows how to party, it's going to be our Father in heaven. I'm not talking about like a disco or anything like that. It's going to be unadulterated whana where God will be glorified. This is exactly the misconception is that the sinners are going to be having fun while the saints are just going to be sitting and having conversations. Uh, the truth is is that God, in his passages through the Father, any opportunity, my, my son, who was once dead, is now alive. Bring out the calf, let's eat. Father's looking for a reason to celebrate, and this is the Father who is always ready. To receive a prodigal who comes back. The father's position we see. Number one, his position was ready to receive the prodigal. The Bible says he saw him even while he was a great distance away. What does that speak about the father? That he's not forgotten you. That he knows where you're at, he knows what you're going through, he knows what you're experiencing, and he's waiting, he's looking down the line to be able to see just a glimmer of hope. Could that be my son, my daughter? It is. He positions himself in a place ready to receive, ready to forgive. First uh, John chapter 1, verse 9 if we confess our sins. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, I was always told you make one step towards God and He does the rest. And that's not speaking about just ultimately carrying you the way of your or the whole life of your Christianity. But it speaks about ultimately able to take care of the situations that we've many times made a mess of. We many times have gotten discouraged of and thinking there is no hope. God says, just give that to me and I will make something good of this. You have the father's position, you then you have the father's location. The good news is that the son knew exactly the location of the father's house. Thank God that this church is still alive. Thank God that this church is still functioning, uh, that it is still doing the will of God. It is still carrying out what we've been sent to do. Uh, We've not changed location. We've not turned this into a coffee shop. Uh, This has not become a bookstore. Uh, We are still preaching the gospel and preparing uh, for when those uh, who finally have their brain fall back into their head, Uh, they come through those doors and they say, I knew I would find you here. I was talking to Pastor Riccardi. We had fellowship at the Anderson's house. Pastor Riccardi mentioned that he just recently had the first guy that he ever prayed with when he went to Springfield come to church on Sunday morning. He said him and his cousin walked in the door. And began to serve God and uh, gave their hearts and recommitted their lives to Jesus Christ. And upon asking him, you know, where have you been? He said, my cousin, who used to go to Mount Roskill Potter's House Church, came over here, lost his way. And as we were just chatting, he said, the Potter's House. I used to go to that. And he said, my cousin dragged me here. That was the first guy he prayed with in Springfield. Can I just say, you can run, but you can't hide. Deuteronomy 4, 29, the Bible says, but from there you will seek the Lord your God and... You will find Him if you seek Him with all your heart and with all your soul. Uh, Listen to me, the location of our Father in heaven is not one that moves, that changes. He hasn't changed His mind about you. He has not changed what He has installed for you. He is there ready and when you are ultimately ready, you can step into all that God has. Thank God that He's a patient God ready to receive us. Because ultimately, this is what brings the Father great joy. Our responsibility, let me bring this to the church today, is to be able to create an atmosphere in this church that would represent the Father's home, That when people that come from all walks of life come in and they're met with the presence of God, with the atmosphere that speaks volumes, that says God loves you, God has a plan for your life, you are not too far from grace. He's here this evening. It is our duty to be able to create this atmosphere. Believe for all things. Contend for the supernatural because the only one that was willing to leave his home so that you and I would be a- able to be invited into heaven is our Lord Jesus Christ. He has made a way for us. So let's make sure that we create a- an atmosphere that when you people come in, they're able to join in with the celebration. We're going to heaven. We're on our way. When Jesus Christ comes back, we're going to be ready. Save me a seat. And get things ready. Because I'm going to be with the Lord. I want every head bowed and every eye closed.